All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. Uh, this is our first episode. Uh, my name's Matt Little, and sitting across from me here is uh, Mr. Brett White. Say hello, hello Brett. Hello. Uh, how's it going? It's going great. We're crowded into my apartment, but not crowded because it's somewhat spacious. Yeah, you got a, you got a nice little living room here. We're like we're seated we're seated on seated on like a nice sort of vintage styley carpet rug. It, it makes me feel like we're recording pet sounds in here. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're actually going to do that later. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, animals coming over. We're just gonna. There's a sandbox in my bedroom. Yeah, it's a uh, it's gonna be exciting. Uh, oh, you meant the you meant the album pet sounds. Yeah, not just <laughs> not just pet sounds. That's sounds uh, of pets. okay. All right. Uh, to be fair, I was sitting here and I was like, I thought I knew the Beach Boys. I guess I've never heard that album. I didn't know that there were animal noises in it. Yeah, uh, that voice you just heard too is the lovely Nicole Dressel. Nicole, say hello. Hello. Uh, Nicole will be joining us a little later as we review some books. Um, Brett and I are big comic book fans. We've been uh, pretty much. I've been a Marvel zombie, uh, definitely a Marvel zombie, at least uh, since I was like four. Uh, what about you? Uh, later. Wait, if we're counting the issues. Great uh, way to be specific. Later. <laughs> later than that. Uh, <laughs> second grade? I yeah. got the 1970s issues of Star Wars in, in, when I was in first grade, which was 91. Oh, like the old uh, the Howard Chaykin, yeah. like Archie Goodwin yeah. stuff? Because oh, my sister yeah. I was dating a guy who really wanted to get in good with my sister. Uh-huh. So he gave me all of his comic books, and then she dumped him, and then I still have them, and they're all worth a lot of money. Yeah! <laughs> so, yeah. forget you, man. Um, and yeah, then X-Men since 93 on. So. Somewhere that guy, that guy is working somewhere, and every time someone brings comic books up, he brings that story up. <laughs> but he says, man, I had all them Star Wars books, and they were worth <laughs> so much money! They were worth so much money, and I gave them to this chick's little brother, and then we broke up. <laughs> And then he, months later after they broke up, he saw her in the Rivergate Mall and then chased her down to propose marriage to her. Well, because that's the, that's the logical progression, right? Yeah. Like, you, you break up, you wait several months, and then you chase the person down like an elk in the field. And propose outside of Claire's. And you propose outside of Claire's. Well, I mean, you know, Claire's is the place. Yeah, Marvel ever since then, but now with the New 52, I've been reading a lot more DC comics. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, they are doing some really interesting stuff over there. Uh, at least stuff that's interesting to me. I've never had that much of an interest in DC books up until recently. I would dabble here and there. Yeah. You know, when there was some big event or something, I would pick it up. Like, I was around for Death of Superman, and I stuck around for, like, a year or so after that, and... I, uh, I used to try to pick up Green Lantern and stuff. I feel like I always liked the concept of DC characters much more than the characters themselves. Like, I, I like the idea of a Green Lantern ring. Yeah. Like, something run on willpower. But then the execution of them was always just so... I don't know, to me, they were always really boring yeah. and, and kind of kind detached. Of, yeah, kind of dated. Kind of legacy. Legacy heroes. DC's a bunch of legacy heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt like, um, I, I always felt like I was, I was reading, uh, stories about characters that had, like, no real emotional investment. Yeah. And, and I know, I know someone will probably listen to this and be like, you what? Tickety-tackety-tack. <laughs> I but, hope that happens. Seriously. <laughs> I want to make a lot of people mad so they listen to this and then get in touch with us. Making enemies. That's the, uh, tagline of our show. Matt and Brett love yeah. comics. Making enemies since 2011. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a good time to be a DC zombie because to get into some comic book news, 
they just uh, kicked Marvel's ass in the market share. Well, I'll tell you what, I think it right? looks like everyone's a DC reader now. Yeah. Uh, the news story came out this week, uh, they... They did what, like a fifty-one percent uh, market share, something like that. Yeah. Which is that is DC is barely Never. if they've ever beaten Marvel <laughs> in terms of like sales, it's been like by a percentage point or something, or, or it was some to- some type of fractal victory. Yeah, that they would that they would uh, talk about in the news, but this is this is just like a very resounding yeah uh, win. Which is great. And also the good thing is, is like, it, I feel like they said what no comic book company actually, like, no one was a loser because everyone's actually up. It's just DC yeah. is up, like, a crazy amount. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm really impressed. And I, I uh, uh, it's it's interesting. They, they've rethought, basically, they threw out everything that wasn't working and basically did it by sales. Yeah. Right? It was like, if well, the book wasn't selling, that means selling no one gives Batman. a shit about it. Yeah. So, yeah. More Green Lantern, more Batman. There are so many Green Lantern books right now, I don't understand. There's Red Lanterns, Green Lantern, Green Lantern and the New Guardians. That's yeah. Thing. And Green Lantern Corps. Core. Uh, is that all of them? That's a lot. Yeah. Well, Marvel's starting to do that now, though, too. Uh, <laughs> Regenesis. Yeah. You're looking at, uh, you know, the entire Avengers uh, yeah. Line is is out of control. I I don't understand why we're now having what is it called Earth? It's not Earth's Mightiest Heroes, is it? There's a new Bendis and Bagley Avengers book that's coming out. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, Avengers Earth's Earth? Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Bendis is already writing new Avengers and regular Avengers. He gets a third ongoing Avengers book. I'll tell you what. Uh, can you can you can you do this for me? I've I've read I've read Avengers and I've read New Avengers, but I really didn't know what stories were being told in the other. And, and I'm saying this as someone who loves Bendis, but what stories are being told uh, in those books that couldn't be told as one book? Like, why couldn't those that's, be? Yeah, that's the crazy thing is I feel like it is one book that I get like two or three times a month. Yeah, still like, I don't know who the artist is on either book because they just feel like the exact same. And they can, they've been consistently crossing over since they started, so it's all the same characters in both books. Yeah, it's just like so, it's like looking at people in two different dorms. Yeah, you know, you have half the team in a tower, right, and the other half <laughs> is in the mansion yeah. downtown. Uh, and, and, and other than that, uh, I just don't see you know the the villains that they're facing and stuff like that. The 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 action feels very much yeah. like oh, this could be. Like if it, like if they were all just street level threats that the Avengers were fighting. First off, I, you know I guess the argument is why do you need eight guys to fight a street level threat? Yeah. But I was just trying to rob this old woman. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> and then Thor rips his head off. Yeah, that's it. That wasn't supposed to happen, you guys. Uh, Nicole's looking at me like I am crazy right now. <laughs> that's me. I was looking at Nicole like she was crazy. Oh. Oh, okay. And it was just going back to you. Well, we're all crazy. I was uh, looking clearly. to you for help. Oh, for help. In which sense? Uh, Brett's looking at me. Can you do something? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't do anything, I hate to tell you. It's his house. It's his house. If he wants to look at people in, in a weird or uncomfortable manner, that's his... Uh, uh, no, no, well, don't do the... Don't do the... The fingers? The fingers, yeah. That's, okay, let's describe what we meant by the fingers. <laughs> it's like those wiggly fingers, like, just holding your hands out in front of you like you're trying to create a magic spell... Uh, for diddling children, yeah, yeah. I think is what that is. <laughs> and it took us uh, seven minutes and fifty seconds to get to diddling children. That's right. That's yeah. uh, diddling children and making enemies. We're gonna find so many taglines <laughs> for this. Uh, but no, D- getting back to it, DC 
is uh, it's very clear that everyone is very interested in what DC's doing right now. I am. They had me buying Animal Man. Yeah. I'd never... There's Nicole rolls her eyes at. <laughs> We're feeling Animal Man? I have no idea what Animal Man is, but when I looked at the list of comic books coming out this week, I was so horrified that there's an Animal Man. <laughs> Why? What does that mean? Be specific. What kind of animal? Is it all of them? <laughs> that seems unfair. It will... Commit to something. Animal Man, it feels like... If I... It feels... It can't... Really? Animal Man? Why? What's an animal man? What's well, it's a guy who has the power of animals. Animal. All of them? All of them. All uh, of them. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have them all at once. Jack of all animals, master of none. That's what this animal man sounds like to me. That's what this animal man sounds yeah, like. Then, so how would you how would you tweak that concept then? I would Batman. Well, there's already a Spider-Man. Batman though. There's already a Spider-Man. But Batman has no bat powers. Goatman, Otter Man. How <laughs> I my next one was going to be Elephant Man, but that's a different thing. <laughs> Duck Man. There's so many left. Wait, isn't you Duck Man? Duck Man was a Comedy Central cartoon, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, USA. That yeah. Means, yeah. That means it's gold. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. Lots of animals you, You've named several animals. Yes. Would you be excited if you were in peril and someone showed up and said, Hey, relax. I'm Otter Man. I'm going to get you away from the third rail of this train. 100% that little. I would be. I would feel both safe and happy and adorable. Uh, it, that would be the best. I hope somebody ties me to railroad tracks <laughs> and Otter Man comes and gets... Like, I hope that happens to me during my You're going to start carrying around a <laughs> bindle of rope with you? Yep. Just in case? Asking for it. Go. Oh. start asking for it. Oh, you're a mustachioed supervillain? Here. <laughs> what do you think Otter Man's day job is? Otterman's day job. Oh well, he would be an accountant. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, he would have a very because a guy like Otterman is not going to try to stick out because he's a guy who has the powers of an otter. Yeah. What What would an Otterman's powers be? Uh, and don't say people, adorability. Getting people off train tracks. It okay. sounds like swimming. I'm assuming swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and opening shells. Opening shells. Oh, great. So all these bombs are in all these shells. Who yeah. can open the shells? <laughs> so, well, Thor's hammer won't work. <laughs> also, I looked at the first page of Animal Man and I didn't see any animals. I just saw some weird stuff. It is insane. We'll get to it later. But Animal yeah. Man is a bananas uh, awesome. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, uh I I noticed uh I noticed some parallels, I think. Uh, I was reading Teen Titans, actually, on the way over here. Oh. Uh, on my phone. Uh, I love, love, love digital comics. And I was reading it, and I realized that they're slowly building it like it's the X-Men. Like oh. it's the X-Men of DC, and they're making Superboy the Wolverine. Interesting. Right? Because basically he's the badass loner guy that was built in a lab. Yeah. With and a be tattoo. yeah. Yeah, and uh, because that way you can check his freshness date. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should have a QR code, actually. Right. That goes to the Superman logo. Yeah. That's really cool. You check the QR code, then you get the Superman logo and a ringtone on your phone. <laughs> well, the the interesting thing to me is it feels like it feels like they're trying to turn him into the Wolverine, like the super-powered guy who, who comes in from the cold and defects yeah. into being a good guy and... Uh, and he's going to be the hard ass. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Have you been reading Teen Titans at all? I haven't. I'm waiting for the gay character to appear. So ah, I can read that. That's next issue. Oh, okay. Well, I'll add that to my monthly poll list. 
There you go. Yeah, but I, I, I'd be interested to hear what you think of that. Uh, well, it's written by Scott Lobdell. Yeah. Who it, is responsible for my entire childhood. Yeah, and the opening, the opening issue, like the first page, is a fire at a mansion yeah. in Westchester <laughs> yep. County. Oh. Uh, that the reporter describes as a rundown, dilapidated mansion. Which, by the way, uh, how often have you been watching the news and someone cuts <laughs> in live to show you a fire at a mansion where no one lives, <laughs> no one has lived, and no one cares about? Yeah. How is that news? That makes how sense. is that news in a world where people can fly? <laughs> uh, well, it's not. Scott Lobdell, I guess he just... The X-Men don't hate you, Scott. Why no. Do you hate the X-Men? No, no, I don't think... Uh, call I, us out, man. I'm sure it was just good fun. Uh, but I just... Uh, anytime I see something like that in a comic book, like it's a news story, I just sit there and I think, how is this news? <laughs> Most of the time it's not news, right? <laughs> We're just hanging out at a parade, talking about a parade, live. Live. Yeah. In a world, in a world well, where people can become any animal be that fair, they wish to be. To be fair, sometimes Macy Gray is performing at that parade. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Spider-Man 1 reference. Oh, oh! I'll tell you what, real fast about Spider- uh, the Spider-Man movies. Uh, Spider-Man 3 has one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite overacting extras ever in a film. Oh. Now, I don't know if you ever, uh, if anyone listening ever watches movies and, and pays attention to the extras in the background, but sometimes you'll get a gem of a person that just completely overreacts to anything that's happening on the screen. <laughs> uh, so in Spider-Man 3, when they have the big, uh, when they have the big celebration for Spider-Man, for Spider-Man Day... Uh, was it Spider-Man Day in that movie? Was it Spider-Man Day? I have not seen it since the theater. It was, but um, but they they announce him from stage, and they're like, and here he is, Spider-Man, right? And there's all these people sitting on the stage with him, and uh, or not with him, rather, uh, but they're they're sitting on stage ready to celebrate him, and he swings in, and when he swings in, everyone that's sitting on stage stands up, and there's a close-up, and you can see this woman. <laughs> Standing in the background, <laughs> and she puts her hands to the sides of her face like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, and mouths, "Oh, Spider Man!" and then bobs back and <laughs> forth like a weeble, like a weeble for a good three seconds. It is now. I saw the movie in IMAX, so it was very obvious she that this life-size. woman was yeah. Uh, but yeah, DC's, uh, D- we went, we got to Spider-Man 3 from, uh, from DC winning yeah. market share for the month of... Stream of consciousness. So do you think that this is something that they can sustain? Or do you think that this is... That's the problem, because you create, you reboot everything to give yourself fresh continuity, and like, everyone can jump on! But the thing is, is in a year, there's gonna be 12 issues. And two years, there'll be 24 issues. It's like, you're just creating new continuity that you eventually are going to have to be like, nah, we gotta get rid of all this! And it's yeah. Like a cycle. Um, unless they just keep it up with nice, good stories that rely more on forward momentum than backward looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a tough thing. You know, that, that, that whole forward momentum thing, it really f- feels like a lot of that stems from the old Claremont X-Men stuff. Yeah. Like where he would just drop uh, subplots <clears throat> into books and then resolve them two years yeah. later uh but a lot of times it feels like uh you know you get into the 90s books and they would drop subplots but then they would forget to forget. pick them up again yeah who is the original third summer's brother oh it's right adam x but no one ever clarified but Gosh, if adam, adam if adam x was your 
Now, come on, though. If Adam X was your long-lost brother and you found out that Adam X, would you, would you really be wanting to tell that story? Well, okay, let's look at, let's look at him objectively. It was 1994. He had a backwards baseball cap, throwing axes, a cool goatee, and multiple ponytails. Oh, so he was a guy that worked at a gas station. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was a, my, oh, we found out that we have a third brother, and he is a guy that pumps gas at an Exxon in Jersey, and his name is Adam X. Wait, the extreme. Yeah. Oh, man, that was his name. Yeah. He was Adam X, the extreme. And just to let you know, and he was never an X-Man. Here's the thing. He was never a member of the team. Always wore a black t-shirt with the X logo on yeah. it, though. And also decided to call himself the X-Stream. Yeah. Which, again, you're not an X-Man. Why do you feel an affinity towards this, this letter? That's because the gas station he worked at was Exxon. <laughs> ah! There I'm it is! <laughs> she just crawled out the window. That was the <laughs> least... <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, should we get into the uh, the comics that we read? Oh yeah, let's do it. Ooh. Let's uh, let's start so, talking about comics. Yeah, uh, we we went and bought comics this week, like we always do. Yeah. Um. Oh, spoiler warning, because that's going to happen. Yeah, we will be talking about plot points that happen in these books and things that have happened up to that point. Some of these books I haven't read, and Brett has, and yeah. some of them, uh, uh. I have and Brett hasn't. So and one of them, Nicole's read that neither of us read. Yeah, and we're excited about this. We're very excited about this. <coughs> um, so let's uh, let's jump into it. All right, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number six seventy-three. Oh so, yeah, I will lead. I will lead the charge you're on the this Spider-Man guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, I. I've labeled you the Spider-Man guy now forever. It no, sticks. No, I am. I am. Like if Spider-Man were real, I would probably wait till he swings out and then crawl into his apartment and wear his costumes and lay in his bed. Yeah. Just, you smell like the Sandman. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, the epilogue of Spider Island. I'll tell you what. I really, really liked this. Uh, I really liked this story. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was fast paced. I thought it, I thought it treated the, uh, the crossovers very well. I also read everything that was happening in Venom. I didn't read any of the other spinoff books, but, uh, I, I watched with an eye anytime, you know, I was, I was, very curious anytime someone showed up from one of the peripheral books yeah. in the main in the main story and nothing felt like it was jarring. No. Um in that way that that something like uh I don't know, like Flashpoint felt very much like plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point, and I'm missing so much in between. Yeah. I never felt that way with these. And uh and I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I feel like it dipped a little bit in the middle, but it really the last issue was such a turnaround because I I love the beginning of it. I thought yes. the middle of it kind of, kind of wonky. The end of it was such a turnaround that I had to check to make sure that Dan Slott was still scripting and writing it because it yeah. was so. It was like that funny Dan Slott from She Hulk that I loved. Like there were so many good one liners in the last issue and like in this one I was like, oh well, I can forgive a little bit of a dip in the middle if you actually nailed the ending, which is usually the thing that no one ever nails. Yeah, the ending of something. Yeah, and I I liked. Uh... I really like that the for one moment Spider Man got uh got his moment in the sun. And it yeah. was and it was a very uh it's a very Peter Parker way to go about it too, walking around moping like no one cared. Yeah. Like I did it again and no one cared. And and they did. And uh I, I thought I thought the ending was really sweet with uh the Empire State Building lit up in Spider Man's colors. Yeah. Although I thought that they could have they did them 
backwards? That's a really ner- a nerdy thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, so it was blue on top. Yeah. But I was like, it should be red in the middle and blue on the outside instead of the other. Well, you know what? Those, I think I think in terms of art, uh, the red, just seeing the Empire State Building as well in the evening, the red kind of gives that glow. The blue would just look like blue on top of more blue, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I hope I get a no prize for that. Yeah. <laughs> who, who was the colorist? Uh, colorist was fantastic. Oh, Frank Martin in this book. Great. Yeah. I'm sorry for picking apart your Empire State Building choice. Yeah, great. he's he's great. And I'll tell you what, he looks so good over uh, Stefano Caselli's pencils. Uh, who who very much is? It seems like the type of artist. Now I've never seen uh, Stefano's actual like pencil art but anytime yeah. i see it it's the finished product and uh it seems like the type of penciler that works very well with a colorist um there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, uh structure and shaping that happens in the colors not just the pencils that i really liked uh like especially in that bar scene <clears throat> with uh with with Robbie and JJ and uh yeah like especially this panel down here where where Jameson's taking that shot of Jameson <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I, I like, I like when, um, when pencils and colors work that well together. Yeah. I like when pencils and colors work in a book. Ooh, uh, also, can I say, um, it's been a couple of years since they ended the marriage. I'm sorry, guys. I still haven't seen a single story <laughs> that has, that has made me say, oh, okay, this is definitely a story that you couldn't have possibly told with Spider-Man being married to Mary Jane. And you know what? You just made me fall in love with the relationship all over again in the yeah. last two issues. Also, Mary Jane said that she loved him last issue. That was the, that was the sweetest, uh. most adorable uh, uh, moment. <laughs> in that, it, like, I literally smiled uh. when, I, uh, when I read that. It was so sweet. I loved it. I sound, I sound like a total uh, fool right now. I know that, but... So, we'll I don't know. We conclude Amazing Spider-Man was saying that we love... Spider-Man and Mary Jane together, and yeah. we'll start a campaign to get them back together. Yeah, right? and moving <laughs> and moving forward in the book, too, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Kane is going to be uh, the Scarlet Spider! <laughs> Nicole is really worried about that. I don't know. You I don't stopped, know? I stopped listening, and then you started talking about relationships, and I came back, and that made me hate myself. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it was like, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Wait, is somebody dating? I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Who am well, I? they're not dating anymore. That's they're the thing. Dating. They broke up. But they were they were married, well, and then uh, and then Memphisto mm-hmm. uh, magically ended their marriage, or made it as if their marriage yes, had never I knew existed. That. that I knew. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. Mary Jane had made a deal, so a supermodel made a deal with a devil-type demon in the Marvel Universe that she would be the only person that could remember that he was Spider-Man. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which also, she doesn't remember that they were married, because it never happened. No, they never actually got, got married. married. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know if she actually... So confusing. Yeah. Oh, what? I know this is a stupid question. I thought he died. Peter ultimate Parker? Spider-Man yes. died. Oh, ultimate Peter Parker did die. But amazing Peter Parker is still alive. <laughs> Correct. Yes. That Correct. It's, seem, that seems like a misnomer. It's two different it's two different <laughs> universes, that's why. Cheating. It's cheating. <laughs> it's cheating. It's uh, uh okay, fair enough. Yeah. I can see how that could be construed <laughs> yeah. as cheating. Uh Nicole uh, pulled out the book that she bought. I think we should save this. You, I think we should keep You want to save that one? Okay, really this is a big but uh, I want to build up a lot of anticipation mm-hmm. for the yeah. book that Nicole bought. Is that out of nowhere? <laughs> Um, 
I will talk about... I'm going to say things in weird voices. Uh, Animal Man number three and Swamp Thing number three I'm grouping together because they're basically telling one ridiculous story. I mean, Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire have talked a lot about how they're actually planning all this stuff together and how, like, Swamp Thing is all about the green and Animal Man is all about the red. And both of these books have, like, the rot or the black coming in to corrupt both the green and the red. Oh, and, I see. I didn't know that. That's yeah, fascinating. It's amazing. And, like, they've both retooled the origins of both Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Um, I think they're sort of rebooting Animal Man's origin in this issue. I don't know anything about Animal Man. This is the third Animal Man comic I've ever read. And as we've established, Nicole hates the name Animal Man. <laughs> Awful. Uh, and they've also kind of redone Swamp Thing's origin, which I have read a lot of the Alan Moore stuff. And they're yeah. now... Man, I my brain hurts trying to think of how... Well, now he's actually... He actually is Alec Holland he turned into the Swamp Thing yeah. now. Yes. Because the... That was an avatar with Alan, Alec Holland's memories, and now Alec Holland, the man, has been born again with the memories of that avatar. <laughs> well, really complicated. But these two issues are quite possibly the two creepiest fucking comics I have ever read. Uh, yeah. Swamp Thing has this entire storyline with this like little child who's basically a, a, a bubble boy. Um who is, like, a, like, a hospital for children, and, like, all the kids are, like, picking on him, like, with, like, forks, like, we're gonna pop your bubble, and, like, he will die. Um, but, like, at the end of the issue, he gets... Oh, see, I should reread these before I start. But he, he is being manipulated by the black, or the rot. Um, and he... When they attack him, he makes all of their bones spike out of their body. Oh! Uh, and then he makes another one's eyes gouge out. Uh, that is that is disgusting. Hold on, pop back there real fast. I love I love that there are bones, there are pointy bones coming out of this guy's head. Yeah. How forceful? Yeah. <laughs> do you have to manipulate someone's head bones to make to 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 <laughs> fracture what is a curved bone yeah. into uh, into spiked pieces? And the art is amazing. Um, oh, and then when they go, the doctor at the children's hospital, they ask That guy has thing. a prolapsed asshole coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I think it might be a lung, I don't know, but oh. it's a big organ coming out. Nicole is guessing. <laughs> it is, it is, it's crazy. And then the last page is the bubble boy with, like, deep, like a scuba mask and an oxygen tank, like, just leaving. Uh, it was a, it, amazing. Okay. It, I was riveted the entire time, and even better was Animal Man. Uh, okay, so what's happening in Animal Man right Animal, now? Like, uh, Animal Man is essentially like the Incredibles, but ridiculously creepy and messed up. So his entire family it, it, his, has powers? Well, it, his daughter has powers. This is what they're finding out now. It's about him and his wife and their two kids, their daughter and their son. And their daughter's like maybe six and their son's like ten or twelve. Uh-huh. Um, and, it's, and like Jeff Lemire has talked a bunch about how it is a family book and like how the focus is going to shift around from all four of them because they're all equally very interesting characters. Oh, uh-huh. no. Now what? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the first issue ended with his daughter in the backyard like playing with all of these reanimated animal skeletons that had like come out of their backyard and like why are you doing that yeah and then all of issue two was like she is now tapped into the red like she's now getting all these messages and like stuff from the like animal kingdom dimension supernatural dimension that he's never had before uh so she's like well we got to go on a trip there's this great panel in issue two 
where like he has been talking about this grave journey that they have to make together and he's like really worried and then it like turn the page and she is like has her sunglasses on and a little green backpack and she's like okay guys you mom brother you need to be behave while me and daddy are gone and don't worry like it's just (laughs) her opinion of this mission is like we are going on a daddy daughter camp trip and it's gonna be great um, Except they're going into a world... A world where her father gets ripped inside out with his teeth and his eyeballs being way closer than they ever should be. That is that is one of the creepiest yes. pictures I've seen um, in, a, in a book in a while. Uh, Travel Foreman's art is bonkers. Yeah. Um, and then in the... I think the Rot or the Black... I'm, I feel like they are the same force of evil in both Swamp Thing and Animal Man, but it hasn't been revealed yet. There are agents coming to Animal Man's house to get his daughter who is not there so it's like the wife and um the son like trying to escape from whatever this thing is yeah (laughs) that's it's like that looks like something out of resident evil yeah or i just watched um john carpenter's the thing there's a lot of that going on oh yeah yeah uh guys animal man and swamp thing are worth it like i never thought that i would care about animal man and like uh yeah it's yeah guys great Great stuff. I read both of these before bed and was like, I'm just going to have a lot of nightmares. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. <clears throat> that's cool. Um, Nicole, would you like to lead us through Avengers Academy? Not at all. Read it. Come on. I did just read it, but I only understand some of it. So Wolverine <clears throat> starts a school that's also in Westchester where the old school was, but Wait, the what? old school's not there anymore. That's Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, that's Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. That's the other school. Yeah. yeah. No, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just read about two different schools. Yeah. Well, it's, Avengers Academy just had its 21st issue. Um, they just got through a big thing with Fear Itself, which was the big Marvel Comics crossover, um, where they were basically for the first time put into war. One of them had to kill people. They had to do a lot of, like, they had to fight Absorbing Man and Titania, but them with a whole bunch of crazy god powers. Um, and they had to do it on their own. And they all have been pretty scarred scarred by it. Did they kill? Uh Vale killed some Nazis. She oh. killed some Nazis guys. Okay, which so is excusable, I would say. So right? Titanium and Absorbing Man are still alive. They're still alive, okay. I think. Guys, I don't have a lot of recall from issue to issue, which is probably gonna be a problem. <laughs> 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 I I read in the moment. Um but this issue is uh Hank Pym, who is the headmaster of Avengers Academy, has decided to take them all to the old West Coast Avengers compound for them to all like accept a lot a lot more students um we get we're going to be start apparently start seeing ricochet uh penance the old uh turbo from new warriors i Whoa! think that might be taki from the exterminators wow uh, also the new um the new savage she-hulk uh uh julie power um, Sentinel from the, the, the Sentinel and his boy from Sean McKeever's Sentinel series. Oh, that was... Did you ever read that series? I need to. Fantastic. Fantastic Iron Giant style yeah. story. Um, it's a... I, I think the digests are still in I think, print. yeah. Uh, so, like, they're, like, opening up the school, and then the issue itself is... is good. Um, I've always had kind of a weird... Like, I want to love Avengers Academy... And it, it goes through, like, every other issue really hits with me, and it's very uneven a lot of time, I feel. Okay. Uh, Is that Jocasta? Yes. Welding a, a jungle gym? Yeah. Yeah, guys, that's that's what happens in this book. Oh, man. Uh, but then Jocasta gets jacked up at the very end. Jocasta okay. might be dead. She got joked up. She got joked up. See? Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. The Jocasta is um, has a lot of holes in her right now. Dude, uh, Ultron's gonna be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, I think I, I'm excited about this new start. Every time I'm close to quitting Avengers Academy, they do something. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep reading because I'm excited about the status quo. Uh, as your first issue, what did you think? I liked it, but I'm gonna like anything that takes place at a school with okay. people being friends with each other, <laughs> but also sometimes having tension. <laughs> Like, that's it. Like, I'm, uh, that's what I want. Well, that's that's good, though, because it means that the relationships are working, and yeah. I think that that's important. You know, it, yeah, it's it's fun to have big-time set pieces of action, but if it's all action and no actual emotional investment, then I don't care if anyone gets their arms blown off or anything. Right. Yeah. And I'm also fascinated by the faculty-student dynamic. Yeah? Um, well, because it is... It, I, I like, and this is also part of why I liked Wolverine and the X-Men... I like seeing um, people who are not accustomed to being in positions of authority step into positions of authority sure. and have to lead the next generation. Yeah. I think it's interesting. But yeah. I also read all the young Jedi Knight books. <laughs> Jason and Jaina? Yeah, I wanted to be Jaina Solo real, real bad. <laughs> turns out she would be the one to be. Because they all died. They all went evil or died yep. or not except good. Jaina. Um, uh, you picked up Avengers Academy and turned to the recap page, and within five seconds of reading the recap page, you rolled your eyes, sighed, and grabbed a pen to write a note. And I, I want to know what you wrote I down. Did. Well, first, I mean, let's be real. I don't like the layout of this page. Okay. <laughs> I just think I think the text, the font was a bad choice. But um, you like serifs. I do. I do like. I like serifs. Yeah, I'm a human being. Um. <laughs> For me, oh, it was the um, finding out that they were taken because they were the most at risk to become villains. And just because I did a lot of reading this week and it's like, oh my god, everybody is walking the line between hero and villain. Just like, make a call. <laughs> just like, put on the suit. <laughs> know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, everyone's a time bomb. Oh my god. But isn't that how you feel in your day to day? No, yeah. I'm a good guy. No. But no, like, I'm sometimes... a monster. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. you're a horrible black monster inside. Exactly. So I guess, you know what? I roll my eyes because I can relate, because we always hate the things that the most... Yeah, yeah. Themselves. The most, the most exactly reflect that happened. inside you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. But also you didn't like the road trip thing either. <laughs> yes. Again, having no background at all with Avengers Academy, when I got to the phrase, <laughs> Justice and Speedball also decided to step down as teachers and go on a well-deserved road trip. And I was like, that sounds... Boring. <laughs> no interesting road trip has ever been well deserved. <laughs> also, I don't know. If I was a superhero, my break would not be a road trip. Yeah. I'd go Your to break a would not be more interesting. You would go to a museum? I'd go to a museum. Yeah. Because, like, okay, as a superhero, you're living your life and everything's unstable. Like, you can't have possessions because you keep getting blown up. Yep. Like, everyone's dying. Yep. Why is your vacation then getting exactly. into a car and going somewhere that you don't know with yep. no plan of where yep. you're going to stay? Go to... Like, my vacation would be like, I'm getting a hotel in, like, the Lexington, Bahamas. Lexington, Massachusetts. <laughs> I would do, you know, early I'm getting a library history. card. Yes. Early colonial history, do a tour of the transcendentalist houses, <laughs> you know, all that good stuff. I feel like you would just want nice something nice. Walden like, I would Pond. go to a mall. I would be if I got a, if I was a superhero and I got a break. I would be Walden Pond so fast. <laughs> you would be at Walden Pond. You wish so you had fast. the power to teleport because exactly. you would teleport to Walden Pond. Yep. So Avengers Academy, you're sticking Watercrest with it. Watercrest oh, sandwich. Absolutely sticking with it. No oh, question. Nice. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Action Comics number three. 
Yeah. Uh, so we get to see Krypton for the first time. Oh yeah. In this book, uh, I really liked. I really liked what Grant Morrison is doing with Krypton. It's basically an entire society of like super, like the one percent, basically. <laughs> Krypton, it turns out, was the one percent. It is a society that has evolved to the point that they are all now royalty, and they treat themselves as as high class yeah. snobs. Right. And all of a sudden, uh, the uh, the Terminauts show up to uh, to collect data on the planet. They hacked into the planet's uh, computer system, and they decide to uh, they decide to take some artifacts before wiping the entire planet uh, out of existence. Now, are the Terminauts a thing that have happened before? You know what? I, I don't know. I don't think that they are. I at the end of the last issue, at the end of the last issue, Lex Luthor was speaking to uh, a strange alien ship just off of Earth, and I had assumed that that was going to be Brainiac because that's usually that relationship, right? Like yeah. that's going back to the Golden Age, even back to uh, that. That was the last uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, that was Brainiac and Luthor getting together, and I thought that that was what was going to happen, and I thought, oh. Yes, very smart. Yeah, Brainiac. Yeah, let's let's have yeah let's again have Brainiac destroy uh, Krypton. So we have like an emotional tie to that character again. Um, I liked I liked the Brainiac that Jeff Johns had created when he and Gary Frank were doing Action Comics yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, I read, I read a couple of those issues. Really exciting stuff. Uh, I liked it a lot. But I like what's going on here. I like uh, I like the idea of the Terminauts. It's basically, again, going back to that sort of marvelization of the DC Universe. This is their Galactus. Oh, yeah, yeah. More or less. Uh, except it's like a creepy robotic... Uh, it's a creepy robotic uh, alien life force that shows up. The one, thing that, uh, the one thing that struck me about this, and this is something that I always... Uh, have kind of a, I don't know, it always sticks in my craw with with Grant Morrison's scripts, is it feels like he will, it feels like there were 30 pages to this book. Yes. And he cut it down to 20 and just took random panels and shoved them yeah. into other pages to make one page out of four. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain point in the book here where, for example, we're we're sitting in the pub, we're sitting in the pub with Jimmy and Clark, and then Lois sits down, and then the very next panel, with no transition, yeah. he's sitting in the park, and a random weirdo pushing a cart whispers to him, there's a ghost watching over you. There's a white dog. Yeah. Which, cool for the mystery, but when did we when did we switch scenes? What is happening? When did we switch scenes? It's the same momentum where we also get that random, like, Superman saving a cat in a tree yes. for, like, two panels, and then all of a sudden he's, like, back... Yeah, I mean it's kind of like the comic book equivalent of a montage or something. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and for me, the tough thing for me is when when we montage like that. Like it's cool to hit those high notes, but when we montage like that, I don't get again what we were talking about before that emotional investment. Yeah. that I want to have in the character where you know I only see this happen once, and I see like a couple seconds of people throwing rocks at him, and one person on the news saying they don't like him, and now he's giving up. Well, yeah. but you got a good yeah, you got a good number of panels of him being sad though. I feel like there was room for all of the sad panels. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't sad know. Panel. So sad panel, yeah. Ma, pa, I'm so sorry. I tried, and he's put his Superman costume in the trash can, which yeah. doesn't even fit in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put it in the kitchen trash can. Thought it was interesting, by the way, that his uh, that his landlady 
figured out uh, in a very reasonable way that he was Superman. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, wasn't crazy about it, was like, no, this guy, this detective coming into my tenant's house is a jerk, and I'm going to help him out. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. And <clears throat> that can only mean, because it's a comic book, that can only mean bad things for this she poor old die. woman. She's yeah. going to die. She will that die. That secret's got to be contained. Yeah. She's going to die. Well, in Superman, in Superman 1, too, that <laughs> building... so upset by this woman dying, possibly. I don't think those are very fair rules. <laughs> well, I say... That's that's how you that's how you raise the stakes. Um, Someone has to die. That's this... how I raise the stakes in my own life. Okay. <laughs> Someone's got to die. You find out a secret about me, you're going to die. So, uh, is this your how many Superman comics have you read before this one? This is the very first one. Okay. Very first. Yeah. How so, does, what did you think? Yeah. How does this compare to the Superman mythology that has been forced down your throat in every other media? I would, I don't know that I would say forced down my throat. Uh, I will say I was far more interested in Superman than I expected to be because I've absorbed from. And again, I, I keep company with people who have a Marvel bias, but I've absorbed that like Superman is not the most interesting, yes. and he was perfectly interesting in this to me. But something I noticed here that also, spoiler alert, comes up in Uncanny X-Men, it's like people apparently don't like superheroes anymore? That's uh, That's been a sort of go-to, is that yeah. uh, I think what DC is approaching it with is, no, what would happen if right. one person showed up and all of a sudden is, is that alien? Um, yeah, in the hey, sense of like, in the sense of powers and being able to right. fly and stuff like that. Yeah, we probably would be enamored, but we'd probably also be terrified yeah. of them. Hey, and the people in yeah. power would be threatened. Hey, it's essentially like this one man has a whole bunch of nuclear weapons. I mean, right. like we don't like company, like countries that have a bunch of nukes and right. aren't like telling us about them or being shady about them. So Superman totally. is like, wait, this one dude can like just pick up a car and throw it. Right. Yeah. And we don't know where he is, what he's going yeah. to do. Yes. I feel like it's more like we want to keep tabs on yes. this person. And in also, contrast, in the X-Men books, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't Mm-hmm. Nope. Cut you off there, but in contrast, in the X Men books, the the idea there is basically that these people have been uh, people don't like them to begin with because they're right. freaks, and, and they're then different. and then uh, in Schism, in Schism, uh, the new Black King of the Hellfire Club, which is a twelve year old billionaire, saw. I saw. which oh my god, great! What a great idea <laughs> yeah. for Brett, a character. Brett saw me gasp at that revelation. Yeah! Because the only X-Men I know is Dark Phoenix. So it was oh, like, you're okay. calling back the only stuff I know this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I get everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's basically like, uh, uh, yeah, you should be afraid of them and here are the weapons right. to protect yourself. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the, my only other thought about action comics is that opening with Krypton was maybe the most confused I've ever been in my entire life. I was like, <laughs> oh, do sure. I have to understand the science of the environment on Krypton? Is this imp- will this be relevant later? <laughs> no, no, and that's a very fair point, and I'll tell you what, too, if you flip to that first page, yeah. there is no... There's no caption box that tells you that we are on Krypton. No. We just yeah. open. We just open with a baby... In front of what looks like Insanity. labyrinth. Right. Yeah. And to be fair, though, I knew I was reading Superman, and I knew when it was shiny and there was a baby that we were on Krypton. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I fair. I will say, my criticism is, I don't know that babies speak the way Grant Morrison has them speak. But die. It's a lot of letters mixed together. Zap. Yeah. I've never heard a baby say zapped. <laughs> zapped. 
but that's it. Well, it, to be it. fair, to be fair, you've never met a Kryptonian, though. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You know Krypton what? I, I know that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I think that is a very legitimate point. Yeah. Because oh. you, you mimic the language that you're accustomed to hearing. There oh. you go. And I think that's a that might be an entire spinoff, Krypton Babies, like yeah. Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. man, guys. There you but go. But he's the oh, only man. baby on Krypton right now, right? Uh, well, he's not the only baby. It's just the only baby at this very high class oh, okay. party oh, okay. that they're uh, that they're at. I like that Crypto is now also uh, some type of fangry dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. guys, what is up with the Harry Potterization of Clark Kent too? Right, he looks very. Oh. He looks really Harry Potter. That's to me. how you like make someone modern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the round yeah, glasses and like just like the scruffy yeah. hair. Sure. Uh, and, and he that, just looks puny too. Weird you know why, Brett? Scar. Because why? Warner Brothers also owns DC. So what? if anyone is going to ape the look of Harry Potter, why okay. not another Warner Brothers properties? <laughs> We're going to see Green Lantern is going to look just like Harry Potter soon. Well, honestly, though, too, if you look at uh, how Clark Kent has been portrayed in the decades before, even, uh, you know, and even Superman with the spit curl and stuff like that. If you saw a dude show up with a spit curl... Come it would on. look like Dean Kane in Lois and Clark. Yeah, you're like, oh, who's this asshole? <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm here to save you. No, you're not. Why? Where's the otter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's the Get otter? Out of here. Shit, I'm waiting for Otter Man. Yeah. Uh, Why does that? I'm sorry. Why does that dog have an S on it? Because, uh, and and I don't believe that this has been completely revealed yet, but I believe the idea is that the Superman shield mm-hmm. is the family crest. Of yeah. the uh, of the L family. Excellent. Yeah. Um, uh, much in the same way that uh, if you see, if you look in the back matter there, they show Supergirl, and she has a, a more yeah. stylized version of the S. She is Superman's cousin, I believe, that hmm. it's, yeah. uh, it, it's a takeoff of that because it's a different family in a different city gotcha. of Krypton. Yeah. Uh, uh, back into things more in my sphere of interest. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Uh, we have the other two... Two of the mid-tier X-Men Regenesis books that came out this week. <clears throat> uh, we're spending a lot of time with Cyclops' side this week. We have New Mutants and the adjectiveless X-Men. Yes. Um, talk about these really quick. New Mutants was... I love New Mutants. I love these characters. I've always loved these characters. Uh, I feel like somehow this has become the surprise, under-the-radar hit of the X-Men books over the past like couple years. Through, like, Zeb Wells' work, and then recently with Abnett and Lanning, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, uh, they've just done consistent work that has been pushing these characters forward. Um, the evolution they've given Danny Moonstar is yeah. amazing. Yeah, like, fantastic. <clears throat> uh, and I, I love I love New Mutants. I love this new status quo they have of, like, cleaning up the messes that have been left over the past, like, billion years of X-Men continuity. Like, they're now going after Blink. And before this, they went after X-Man, who is now a member of the team. Like, they're going after all these characters, and I'm saying, bringing back Adam X again. (laughs) Again! Fraction was using him, and Cyclops just used him in the Fear Itself crossover, but where is Adam X now? I want to know, and I want more Adam X. Um, But I I love this. I'm really excited. I love that they have their own, like, cool crash pad in San Francisco. Um, I love the respect that they're given, because these were the kids. Like, in the 80s, these were all like 12 year olds 13 sure. year olds like they're, and now I love the fact that they are adults Cyclops trusts them to be efficient get the job done and you know to me uh, what do they call themselves as a unit in the field yeah that is do they does, <laughs> does, does Cyclops get on the phone and say get me the new mutants and then yeah. a bunch of the kids show up and they're like, like no, no, no 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 
the, the old new, new the mutants. old new mutants. And then like the Generation X kids show up, like no, 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 no. no. the old old the old old new mutants. new mutants. And then it's like Boom Boom and Rusty and Skids. He's like, no, okay, listen, I want the original. Yeah, old, Why, old. just tell me their names. Just tell me their names, <laughs> yeah. Scott. Yeah. Why don't you just tell me the name of the mutants <laughs> you want to see? <laughs> but it's like the same thing. Like, oh, so well, they because like in a lot of ways, this should be X Force. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Most 100%. all these characters. See, that's like that's. X-Force is my favorite thing. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, and I kind of hate that X-Force, since for the last ten years, has been co-opted yeah. for all of these things that aren't really X-Force. Because to me, X-Force is always like Cannonball, Sunspot, sure. Boomer, Siren, Warpath, Shatterstar, Feral, Cable, Domino. It's not like you go girl and dupe and like anarchist. And then it's also not... Wolverine's brand of like killers. Well, here's the thing though too about that uh, that I didn't understand. Like I got I got that they brought back New Mutants. Uh, they brought back the name for like a, a year. I could I could yeah. get behind that just to kind of show that okay, this is the we're reestablishing that these characters are together. I don't see why it couldn't have just been renamed X Force because the X Force book that exists now. Yeah, it could have those characters. Those characters that are in it, it could have been called X Toilet, and yeah. it still would have sold a bunch of money. It wasn't. It wasn't the name of the team. It's amazing. It's such a good book. Yeah, it could have been X Murderers because yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> X Murderers. The X Murderers. <laughs> but also, I, I part of me kind of like the rationale of these characters in New Mutants calling themselves New Mutants is like. Unless it's an ironic thing that they're like, yeah. isn't it funny that we were always called the New Mutants? Like, yeah, if, let's just call ourselves New. Yeah, if my New if, Mutants. If, if, like, me and, like, my old teammates on Bad Data decided to form a new team, we'd be like, well, we're Bad Data, basically, so let's just be Bad Data. Yeah. Uh, I was like, they're New Mutants. It's like, well, it's all of us who are on the New Mutants. Brett, that's kind of what Bad Data did while you were Bad Data. <laughs> <laughs> Brett is also, we also do improv as well, if anyone does not uh, does not know us personally, and Brett is talking about one of his uh, improv teams yeah. that he was a member of, a founding member of. Yeah. But uh, I, I can see ago. where, like, when Cannonball is like, I want to put together my team of people, he goes to all the new mutants, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess we're the fucking new mutants. I mean, we know we're not new. I guess it probably is more ironic. But, uh, yeah, but to but me, it's like... it's kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, but to me, like, you know, there's, uh, you know, in Uncanny, you know, you have the, the extinction team, and everyone has names. Like, they have names for, like, the strike forces. Uh, what does Cyclops say when he's asking for them? Because if he asks for X-Force, it's the wrong team. Yeah, there's, like, a million... And also, uh, like, so many of X-Force. Like, actually, X-Factor is almost more X-Force, because it has Richter, Shatterstar, and Siren on it. Yeah. It's like, guys, I want everything to go back to 1991 and all those very strict, rigid rosters they had back then. Now they're all messed up. Um, and also, X-Men could be called X-Force, because it has Warpath and Domino on it. Ah, yeah. Uh, and X-Men, honestly, has been a book that I've not cared about, because uh, it started off with a vampire's arc, which... <laughs> Nicole oh, physically jumped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was X-Men versus vampires. Wait, real vampires or a different kind of vampires? Well, Marvel Universe vampires. I don't know. what what's. Well, Dracula, wait, wait, Dracula wait. was involved in it and Dracula's son. Give me a quick rundown of what a Marvel Universe vampire is. They're really pale. They have pointed ears. Yeah. The, they all, have long hair. Basically, all of the, all of the uh, associations that you would make with a regular vampire mm-hmm. are the same, except in that story... They found a way to create um, UV protective personal force fields so that they could uh, attack people in the day. Yeah. But one of the cool things was Iceman got himself anointed as holy or whatever. So yeah, yeah. He was shooting holy ice water at That's people. Awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But, like, I was, at the time, it was very much like, okay, Twilight is huge, so the X-Men are going to go fight vampires. And that was annoying to me. Yeah, basically, uh, well, more or less, I think that's what it was. It was, uh, I, I think I read somewhere that their marketing guy, David Gabriel, came yeah. up with the idea for X-Men versus Genius. vampires. It's like, well, yeah, that that's, a, that's a perfect marketing thing. Um, I'll tell you what, speaking of this book, though, too, Will Conrad, I think, is incredibly underrated. Yeah. Fantastic artist. I only ever see him, he works with Mike Diodato Jr. a lot. I feel like I feel yeah. like they're always credited together. As I like, wonder I if know, he's like a, a uh, yeah. I wonder if he's another one of those uh, Brazilian uh, artists. He, Are they in the same studio, I maybe. Think, I think that is the case. Okay. I feel like he has. If you go to comicbookdb.com and look up Will Conrad, it has his real name, and I think it's a lot of consonants. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so is that racist? Kind of? No, okay. I don't know. Uh, I think that might just be observist. Okay, I'm observing. Um, but I guess I'm back on board for X Men because. It's like the book that I canceled, they decided to put, like, all the characters I'm really interested in, like Warpath Domino and, like, Vampire Jubilee. Like, I'm interested in those. Like, sure. Okay, Jubilee's a vampire. She became a vampire she in was, the... Okay, she wasn't always a vampire. No. Because no, no, no. she was a Dan Chamberlain. Yes. That's true. <laughs> That's my only association. Um, That's true. Moving on to the big uh, book, which we're going to compare, we're going to do a nice talk about, Uncanny X-Men... And also Wolverine and the X-Men. Now that we've seen the two tent poles of the new line have been released, we now see Cyclops' side, we see Wolverine's side. Thoughts on Uncanny X-Men? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the ending of Uncanny X-Men, as fascinated, uh, ended very similarly to uh, the end of the third season of uh, Doctor Who with the Master. Oh, I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. I heard that. I've, I've yeah. heard someone else say that. Too. Oh, okay. Uh, that was my that was my first uh, that was my first inclination. Is oh, Mister Sinister wanted to make the world right. in his image. Yeah, and, and that makes the, sense. That's the only thing. The only negative thing I've heard from a couple people is just like, what is up with Mister Sinister? Because um, he is he has long hair. He's wearing flowy clothing. He's very like. He has a scepter. Uh, well, here's here's the thing for Sinister about me. Number one, when he showed up, uh, so here's here's some continuity fun for you. When Mister Sinister had originally showed up, he was supposed to be the projection projection of a small child. Yeah. So he had a cape that was basically straws. Yeah. Right. Tattered. It was this tattered cape, and he just wore uh, like his his uh, costume was like bands of blue metal, like Colossus looked like. Uh, and he had that weird red diamond and the white skin. And basically the idea was that he looked like what a, a small, scared child would think a, a boogeyman looked right. like, yeah. right? But of course, then he became an actual character. Mm -hmm. And he never really had a personality. Agree or disagree on that, Brett? Uh, his personality was, I'm going to show up at the end of a storyline, say something ominous, probably cackle... And talk about, like, creepy shit and then leave. Like, so those are character traits. That's not a personality. Yeah. yeah. And that's... So uh, the only time they ever attempted to give him personality, they established that his origins were in Victorian England. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with him exactly. behaving this way because we're finally getting a voice for this character, too, that isn't just, yeah. <laughs> I'm stroking my long beard. Uh, and, but also, like, I have faith because Kieran Gillen is great. and he Oh, has, he's fantastic, yeah. I, ta I talked to him at New York Comic Con, and he, like, said, like, I love Mr. Sinister. I want to give a defining story for him and actually have him be a threat again. Um, and I don't know if anyone remembers the last time we saw Mr. Sinister. He was a woman. <laughs> so, Oh, this is right. 
Uh, right, that because uh, that was right after the uh, Messiah Complex, yeah, right? Yeah, like X-Men Legacy, like the first start of when X-Men Legacy changed over, a lot of it was like dealing with Miss Sinister. Yeah. It just seemed cheap, but, uh, but I love Uncanny X-Men. Uh, I feel like I should actually review all the X-Men books and how many times they made me tear up. And for some reason, the Letter to Humanity backup matter made me, like, feel very, like, ugh. Really? Like, yeah. I, because it's like, Joss Whedon, when he did Astonishing X-Men, that was the whole point of Astonishing X-Men was, we're getting rid of the black leather, we're going to put on the spandex, we're going to yeah. save people, we're going to be proactive. And the only thing they did was, like, st- stop a hostage situation and fight a giant monster with a Fantastic Four. And that's it. Like, yeah. the rest of it was all, like, these internal struggles and, like, extraterrestrial stuff. Sure. Um, so Joss Whedon set up this great thing that he never used and then was immediately dropped by anyone else. And now Kieran Gillen's like, I'm going to do this. We're going to yeah. have the X-Men basically... This feels like the authority. Like, this feels like the X-Men as Warren Ellis' authority. It feels like they're bigger... Their extinction level—it's so amazing. Yeah, and and I might be—I may be too cynical because I read that letter and I thought, oh, I can see nothing but bad things coming from this. Oh, I, uh, I, this <laughs> guy sending a letter to the rest of the world <laughs> that says, "Hey, everybody, we're super powerful and we're not going to take your shit anymore. We'll be cool, but we're not going to take your shit anymore." Yeah. I can just see like that to me. If if the United States government got a letter like that, in reality. <laughs> San Francisco would have been nuked so quickly. Well, also, the, the model that he's operating from is North Korea. So it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. definitely the way to go, Scott. There's, you, a, you know, there's, there's something that works. Yeah, you know, how liking, you, you know how liking people work, Scott. You totally get it. But, like, the, I feel like the reason... What I, what I latch on to in stories is essentially um, the Buffy episode and the season three premiere. Yeah. Sure. Um, I love any time that a character is down on themselves and, like, gets beat up upon by people that don't expect any type of retaliation. Yeah. Like, people that falsely have a confidence or a sense of superiority. <clears throat> and I love seeing characters find that confidence. Like how Buffy does at the end of Anne, when she has a great comeback that I don't remember right now. Uh, and then she, like, just beats the shit out of all of those people. And that was oh, the yeah. hero shot for a yeah, long time. That was yeah, the yeah. Shot. that was the hero shot. And this is what this feels like to me. This feels like the X-Men are finally... Like, that the moment when there's that big thing going on, and they're like, we're going to call the Avengers, and then Cyclops says, like, if we don't make it, you don't need to, like, like yeah. the Avengers won't be able to... Help. I like that. I like I like the... Confident. I like the confidence. And I'll say that. I do like the confidence, but I just feel like that letter itself... Like, I was okay with the confidence throughout the entire <laughs> issue, and then I read that, I read that letter... It, I'll tell you what. We were talking about things that you that you react negatively to in your own life. I feel like I would do something like that and thinking I was doing the right thing, and <laughs> and my my friends would come to me and be like, "Yo, yo, you sounded like an asshole." You lost it. That's it. I sent. Well, I sent a I, I sent a letter out to some friends. We were having some uh, some issues with getting organization together in in uh, in this comedy group that I'm in, and I sent a letter out that was like, "Look." We need to get our shit together. Uh, we, if we want to take ourselves seriously, then we, you know, we need to buckle down and do this. We can't keep rescheduling. We have to make this a priority. And uh, and I was like, and, and we're not doing that. So what's the point? What's the point of this if we're not making it a priority? And I got emails back that were like, whoa, what the what the hell? Like, yeah, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, I. I wasn't trying to be mean. I did, uh, Cyclops isn't trying to be mean, guys. Matt Little is the Cyclops of any improv or comedy group he's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that everyone asks why he's there. And uh, and also, whenever he says anything, anyone, everyone's like, 
Fat dick. Because here's why I liked the letter. Because in the first scene where Scott is presenting his idea to uh, the extinction team, I was like, what is he? Like, he is all over the place. Nobody is asking the right questions. This man has lost it. Then the letter in the back, and I was like, oh, great, cool, mission statement, totally get it. Yeah. I'm on board. He took some time and thought about it. I love that. Like Storm is like, wait, okay, what are what what image are we putting out there? How many of you guys have not been villains? At one oh, point? what a great, what <laughs> yeah. a and great. And then Cyclops uh, raises his hand, and she's like, Ah, are you sure? Are you sure about that Cyclops? Because Cyclops was possessed by the spirit of Apocalypse back in the late nineties. That's true for like a little while. That's true. Also, while. everything that he's done since he's been leader of the X Men on Utopia, yeah. people have been like, oh, yeah. except for San Francisco. Yeah, like a lot of the rest of the world has been like, uh, look at this cult leader. On a mechanical island off the coast of uh, San Francisco. And I even love like things like Colossus. Like Colossus is kind of currently going through this like weird juggernaut thing, but he also was an acolyte for like a good like four years in the nineties. Like, yeah, he was, he was like he got fed up with Xavier's dream and went to go follow Magneto. Like he did villainous things. Uh, I love that Kieran Gillen remembers this stuff. That's the key to my heart with the X-Men, is just remember that other stories happen. A story could literally be 22 pages of people remembering things that happened, and I would love it. It's the Chris Farley show. Yeah. You just want, like, an issue (laughs) where Chris Farley just sits them all down and says, you remember that time? Remember when you guys played football and Jean Grey proposed to Cyclops? (laughs) That That was good. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Can I have that? Okay, number 308. Yeah. Uh, The crazy thing about that issue is that there was a misprint... And so the actual word balloon where Jean Grey actually says, I'm tired of waiting, do you want to get married, didn't make it into the issue, it was just a blank word balloon. And it's quite possibly the most important word balloon in maybe all X-Men history. Yeah. And then they'd like reprint it two issues later to be like, uh, whoops. Yeah, this is what, they they, they reprinted just the panel on the letters page and said, this is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, But... Kind of, uh, I, I think also artistically that sort of works because if they would have never showed it, we know what that is, yeah. right? And it, uh, it kind of ends up just reading like she just stared at him and yeah, knew. yeah. Oh, or or this is this is so important that whatever you think she said is what she said. Oh, yeah, that's really sweet. yeah. Like, so she could have translation type yeah. stuff. Yep. Blinker yep. donkey penis. Will you marry me? Yes. That's, that's what, what you I think is the most to... important. Is that how you proposed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. That's <laughs> I wore, uh, yeah. Now, comparing this to Wolverine and the X-Men... Oh, I can summarize that. Oh, okay. So, Go for it. Wolverine and the X-Men. So, Giant Man opens up a school for the Avengers at the old Avengers. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I saw it. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. That was good. I'm pretty But now you actually do have to summarize Wolverine. I summarized it before. I summarized it before when you asked But I'll tell you what. In comparison, I did like Wolverine and the X-Men more. Um... They're two different. They're two different books, and I think that they are establishing the tones very, very so well. well. Yeah, very well because because one is about a school, and yeah, we have to set the school up, and I like that a lot. I got very distinct personalities from every single character that appeared. Oh yeah, and and this one, and you know, Uncanny X Men is sort of about people that have graduated. You know, they're adults, and so a lot of a lot of stuff's going to happen a lot faster to yeah. them. You know, and, and, and I, I really liked that contrast. Um, I'm really excited about where Wolverine and the X-Men is going to go. Uh, Wolverine and the X-Men also has the benefit of having literally, like, every single one of my favorite characters yep. in it. Yeah. Whereas Uncanny X-Men are actually the characters that I've been kind of mad about them being X-Men for, like, the past two years. Sure. Like, I hate that for the, like, last two years, anytime the X-Men have shown up, it's always been... 
Namor and Magneto and Cyclops, and I'm like, Namor, I still am like, Namor is not an X-Man to me. Not an X-Man to me. Um, but like, Wolverine has Wolverine and Kitty Pride and Iceman and Gambit and Rogue and Husk and also Cannonball is a, is a stat like a and stat. Chamber. Chamber. Chris Bacciolo drawing Chamber again. Why that wasn't in the first issue? Why there wasn't <laughs> ten pages of just that? I don't know. I loved. So I, I I loved. Uh, I love Wolverine as uh, as Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Basically, like the reluctant uh, trying trying to put on the tie and smile for the cameras, and then at the end is just like hell with this. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. I, I thought it was great. Um, I'm really excited about the direction of the X books right now. I think that I think that they have a focus, and they've done a good job of creating a different tone in each of them. Just uh, just yeah. reading all of these here, I hope that they can sustain that. I hope they will continue to sustain that. That is going to be the tough thing because when you have a family of books like this, in the past it's been so easy after a year that they all just start bleeding together, yeah. and then once again they're all telling the same type of stories. Yeah. And also, like, I want this to stick. Like, yeah. I want a status quo for a while. Yeah. Because um, when you look when they did G- Mutant Genesis back in 1991, they stuck with those status quos from 91 until 98? Like, ascent, like essentially, maybe yeah. Apocalypse, 95-ish. But, like, they had a good, like, five years where, like, X-Force were these characters, X-Factor were these government weirdos, and then Blue and Gold would, like, bleed over every now and then, but they were still pretty set in stone. Whereas, I feel like over the last ten years, it's just been, like, status quo, turnover over turnover, and... Yeah. Yeah, it felt like a lot of swinging in the dark in terms of how can we make everyone pay attention to this book again. Yeah. They kept trying and trying and trying. So, comparing this to Dark Phoenix Saga, which is the uh, only X-Men you've really read... Mm-hmm. What is, what are your, what is this? What's happening? What are your opinions on all this? Well, going back to Uncanny X-Men, again, like Brett said, Dark Phoenix is my only familiarity, so I'm like, oh, what, excuse me, what is Emma Frost doing? Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon what me, young she, lady, why is your mouth on that man? Yeah, why yeah. is your mouth on that man? And also, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't want to, like, slut shame Emma Frost, but, like, I don't know, put on jeans before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about it. Because it's Emma, she's not like she's Emma unseasonably warm. Like, she probably should be wearing clothes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. my thought. What's weird is, like, when she's out in battle, she does have, like, pants on. But when she's just, like, hanging yeah, out... that's fair, then. Hanging out in the mansion, though, like, on the first couple pages of that meeting, she's just wearing, like, underwear. Yes. And, like, thigh-high boots or something. How would you react? How would you react... Nicole, if you had a meeting and one of your friends showed up wearing underwear and thigh highs and just sat down and was like, all right, let's start this meeting. 100% depends on the friend. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Fair enough. Um, Okay, so if that friend is me. If that yeah, all right. It's like, oh, Brett. No. Okay. Don't do that. Okay, I can handle that. Put him away then. Yeah. Put him away, Brett. But I had the same experience Brett did, because again... Not only Dark Phoenix was the first superhero comic book I ever read, um, but my already, like, all of my favorites are in Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And then Uncanny X-Men is like, oh, God, fine. (laughs) 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 Wait, what are your opinions on Storm? Oh, no, I do like Storm, but, like, again, not somebody who's super... Yeah. ...who's read a lot. Storm is great, and I love Storm, and I love that you can also trust Storm and trust Storm's judgment... Yeah. But she's not especially... You don't necessarily gravitate towards her. Yeah. Um, whereas Beast, Kitty Pride, Wolverine... 
running a school. It's like, yeah, I want to read this forever. I want to read this forever and ever. I mean, Wolverine and the X-Men was literally just a Board of Education tour, and it was yeah. one of the most interesting things I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the characterization yeah. of Beast in there, too, as so someone much. whose brain is moving so quickly. Yeah. So much. Yeah, yeah and, and just doesn't have time for... All of the new ideas in Wolverine and the X-Men, and why I love it more is that Jason Aaron just seems to understand X-Men history and know what can use, like, a tune-up. Like, yeah. having a brood alien yes. in the school as, like, a little nebbishy nerdy kid yeah. is such a weird tweak on that. And the same thing with Kid Gladiator. You mean E.T.? E.T., e. yes. E. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, Kid Gladiator. It's like Jason Aaron took these old ideas and figured out a new way to just make them fun and hip and also make this feel more like an X-Men book. Like, all that back matter. Yeah. Like, all the inside jokes to, like, baseball and, like... Uh, just, just so much good stuff. I yeah. cried when I almost cried when they passed the Jean Grey statue on his way into work the first morning. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Dark Phoenix. So you're, uh, so you're on board for that? Definitely on board. What's interesting, I think, about both of them is that Wolverine and the X Men is like, here's a new institution. We are embarking on a literally a new building, a new institution. And Uncanny X Men is like, we are here's a new perspective, here's a new game plan, yeah. here's yeah. a new approach. So they're both. I mean, they both feel exciting and full of potential, but in different ways. Yep. So, uh, so I think we have one last book to review, which oh, is yeah, uh, yeah. You guys the book. Built up way too much. <laughs> but we're excited. We're excited. This is something that you independently yes, chose to pick up. I did. That you wanted to review as well. Yes, because I'm standing. So I, I, what I picked up was Uncanny X Men and Action Comics, um, and then I was like, I want something with a girl on it, being cool. Because um, that two two things I learned about myself is that I will pick up something that has lower issue numbers. Uh-huh. So it's all true. Like, we number, and you will get new people in. Yeah. Okay. Which is so unfortunate. I hate myself for that being true, but it is. And the other is, like, put a girl being cool on the cover, and I'm going to pick it up. Um, awesome. Yes. Also, but to be fair, if you say, Lady Vampire Hunter, I'm going to read or watch or go to or be friends with, whatever it is. Yeah, so the book that we are checking out yes. is? Uh, Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter. And it's a limited series, and this is the second issue, and I did not read the first issue. Um, so and it's also mature content. It is so. mature yeah. content. Well, this is this is the limit. What's the name of this li- limited series? Circus of the Damned. Yes, Circus okay. of the Damned. Okay. Um, the Scoundrel. There's a okay. Yes. Laurel K. Hamilton's Anita Blake Vampire Hunter, Circus of the Damned, the, the Scoundrel. Scoundrel. What part of that is the title? <laughs> All of everything <laughs> on the page or everything on the cover is the title, as well as yeah. the barcode. The barcode the is barcode. part of the title. Yeah. Three ninety nine. <laughs> um, yes. So it picks up. Uh, and Anita Blake is in uh, some kind of underwater, underground cavern, trying to escape from a bunch of different kinds of monsters that I couldn't keep track of. But it looks like mostly vampires and mermaid vampires. Um, <laughs> the two most important types. The two most important types of vampires. Um, who are all supposed to be unkillable, but she does like a real good job of killing them. And my biggest thing about Anita Blake, and I don't know that they're all like this, but it's like a lot, a lot, a lot of internal narration from Anita, uh-huh. which yeah. to me gets boring really fast like i want to just watch for a little while sure things happening i don't necessarily is it is it what she's talking about that seems boring or is it just that it's still going it's just that it's still going it's that i never feel like i'm just watching action Uh and if you do it's like very briefly and then back to her internal no it's just a little too much telling is this adapted from a novel so i believe i believe that it is well there you go Yeah. yeah well there you go I don't think any of the, I, and I might be mistaken, if anyone knows this for certain, please let me know, but I, I think all of the Laurel K. Hamill 
It's in Anita Blake books are based off of, uh, are all adaptations. Well, that's really interesting. Well, that changes all of my opinions. I have no more opinions left. Uh, except it's beautiful. Like, it's really, truly beautiful. Yeah, Ron Lim. I think it's gorgeous. Ron Lim's back, guys. Yeah. yeah. The colors are gorgeous. The art is gorgeous. It's the coloring. Um, I, this is a small thing, but one of the things I liked about it is that she gets bit a lot by, like, a lot of different creatures. Uh-huh. Which, as somebody who's read about read extensively about vampire hunters. <laughs> a lot of research. Doesn't tend to happen often. It's like a big deal if it does happen. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like in like real life, if you were a vampire hunter, you probably would get bit a you lot. You get beat up, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. gonna get beat up. It's gonna happen. And it's not like a, a zombie where if a zombie bites you you become a zombie immediately. Right. Vampire if it bites you it's, different it's kinds not of rules. You know, I think yeah. in this you're really not supposed to get bit by more than one vampire in this, but she did. Um so yes, so that's interesting. But I didn't realize it was based on a novel, so that changes everything. Your entire world has been turned My entire world down. has been changed. Yeah. Um, yep. So are you going to stay on board with it? I think so, at least for the limited series. Yeah? Yeah, I it's think so. It's a low commitment. Yeah, yeah so uh, commitment. how does the book end? How does this issue end? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it ends <laughs> with her getting ready for a date. <laughs> Great. So yeah. it's, it's everything you want. Yeah, basically. It's every, yeah. Basically. Like, yeah. Who is she going on a date with? Uh, a normal guy who's a high school science teacher. But... He doesn't Uh-oh. know about any of the vampires. He stuff? does, and he's cool with it. Which well, I figured he great. would, because he's in this issue. No, that's not him. Oh, that's it's not her him? friend, the assassin, who there's clearly some kind of tension with. Yeah. Um, okay. Because there's, uh, if you're a female and you're a vampire hunter, there is always going to be some kind of physical equal who's sort of in the world tangentially that is your love interest. Like, yeah. There just is. It, it happens. Is. That's how it. That's how it works. Somehow, yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, when you think about it, in the real world, it makes sense. Oh, whoa, what is up with that next issue cover? That's the next issue. That's where she got bit. So oh, I think, gross. like, S is going to go down. Oh, man. Goodness. That is going to be a weird date for a science teacher. Yeah. It is gonna be, oh, and that's the science teacher. You're right. Um, yeah, so then when the science teacher comes over, the assassin, who is her love interest, is also there, and she's wearing a robe because her body hurts too much to put on clothes. It makes sense. Oh, so she's going to wear a robe? They didn't really deal with that. Okay. I don't know if it's now like an apartment date or if she's going to try to pass the robe off as a dress. We'll see. Fascinating. So that's uh, what I'm waiting for. Rachel tried to do that in an episode of Friends. Tried to pass an episode, uh, thing of lingerie off as a sexy dress. Oh. That happened. I don't think it worked though, did it? No. It was, the comical hijinks happened, guys. Yeah. And she won an Emmy. I think vampirical hijinks are going to happen. Yes. Here though. That would help. That was worth the wait. That is a mermaid vampire. I told you. Did you think I was lying? Well, I, I it went out of. Was that a mermaid or serpentine vampire? It's uh, like a water snake. Yes, I think you're right. It's a water snake. <laughs> water snake vampire. Yeah. Water snake vampire. They have a special name, but I can't pronounce it. Water snake vampire sounds like uh, like a UK indie rock band. <laughs> yeah. Hello, we are water snake vampire. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, I think I think that's it, right? Yeah. I think we got through everything we wanted to get through. Yeah, I think we all survived the experience. Mm-hmm. Aha! Uh, yep, that's oh, totally no, an excellent reference. Yeah. I just thought you were being dramatic. That's no, okay. Was, uh, oh gosh. Nicole, Nicole, I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to read a book that I think you're going to like. I want you to uh, to read the new Wonder Woman okay. series. I, I think about you're it. really going to like it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's dealing a lot more with the mythology of uh, mm-hmm. of the the Greek gods and stuff like that. Like all of them are real characters, and she's very uh, she's she's a very uh, independent. Uh, strong female character. Uh, I was reading. I was reading the second issue earlier this week, and I thought, ah, this is something Nicole would really like. 
Uh, so I, you should check that out. The The third issue will be coming out, I think, uh, in the next two weeks. Probably. So we'll probably discuss it on one of the next episodes. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, so, yeah, catch up catch up by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Um, if uh, if you want to get a hold of us. Oh, we should all give our Twitter handles. That's what people do at the end of podcasts. Yeah. Right? Yes. Mine's just about my feelings. It's not professional. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, if you want to read any of my fart jokes or ramblings about comic books, it's uh, twitter.com slash themattlittle. Uh, mine is just at, at Brett White, B-R-E-T-T-W-H-I-T-E. And if you want to see me retweet my sister, I am Nicole M. Therese. That's my Twitter handle. Like it. H-E-R-E-S-E. Yes, like Therese of the uh, child I Jesus. really thought it was Therese. Oh, no, it's Therese. Therese. Wow. Yeah. Therese actually sounds almost like a like a uh, like a Middle Eastern superhero. I like that name. Yeah, or T Ray. T Ray. Oh, Deadpool. yeah. Uh. It's a very different type. <laughs> Eventually, we will probably have an email address that you can uh, reach us at. Yeah. But for now, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, let us know what you thought. If there's any books that you want us to cover, please let us know there as well. Uh, otherwise, I guess we will talk to you next time. This is Matt. This is Brett. This is Nicole. Uh, thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll see you again. Bye. Should I have let you do this as Matt? This is Brent, and we love comics. Is that what you were going for at the end? No. Uh, no, no, that's okay. You should okay. do that. You should do that at the end next time.